Hey guys, this is a 2016 world champion, Brian Brown Dillon, and I am honestly a little bit afraid right now because these guys are the edgiest magic content producers out there, and I'm afraid of just how edgy they are. That's right. I edited him saying the P word, the F word, the H word. That's going to get crazy. Step right up, step right up! Bear witness to a monumental marvel of murderous metallic mayhem! A masterwork machine by magnificent magicians and maddened ether meddlers! Behold, Smuggler's Copter, just four bucks, Sunday Jim! Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm 2016 world champion Brian Brown Doohan. I've obviously already upgraded to Heart of Kieran. Your deck is a bloody shame! No need for a claim, let's work on that endgame! What Eldrazi that does not pretend, Emrakul the promised end! Ooh, Eldrazi, what you got over here, brother? Twisting, tapping, tightly tensing, tapping tentacles on your opponent, a terrible tyrant, tirelessly tormenting tournament results. A top tier terror too, troublesome and traumatic for trigger trendy tumbler trolls. Ah, to take your friend's turn and tragically tearing the trust between you two. True bliss. Wait, this Eldrazi doesn't even have a flicker feature? I'm buying cards for John and he wouldn't be into this. Thank you so much. Um, are you only selling cards that are banned? Is that... Get out of here, kid. You're bothering the business. You got anything else? Catch me next month, and I'll have scrap heap scoundrels. I love magic and hash. Well, calm down, it Brian. Does. We haven't even started yet. Jeez. You'll never get me to calm down. <laughs> Not about something I'm extremely passionate about. He's emotionally invested. You're here for the Sid Swami. That's why I'm here. Exactly. My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. He reason why. My eyes are red. I've been Alright, welcome to Magic and Hash. My name's Tim. You might know me from Aethercast. You should be buying Hygerna when your plan A is plan B. And joining us from Cast from Exile, who do we have? Howdy, homies. It's the gutter guru, Sid Swami. You're my devout disciples. And fucking thanks for joining us this week. Ah, man, I already fucked the PG-13 thing up already. You can beep this out, though. That's cool. According to that movie, it'd be cool. You can say fuck one time and still get a PG-13 rating. But I think I've said fuck at least four or five fucking times by now. You just fucking said fuck again, Sid. Killing me. (laughs) Joining us for the next ten minutes at least, because we found a hole in the schedule, John Holland. Yes, thank you all very much. As you might have heard, I did turn down the position of Trump's national security advisor so I could stay with all of you here on Magic and Ash. And a man who's ended more tournament careers than depression and suicide combined. A prolific writer for TCG Player, he writes about all things to improve your game. Brian Braun Dewey. BBD! Happy chin, keep your nose in. You best believe in a man slain with a grin. It's a no win when you play him. Body's fallen. It looks grim, you best turn in. Quit napping, no stalling. Are you all in? Cause mom's calling, you forgot to check in. Listen, pumpkin, quit falling. Blood's clotting. Here's a napkin, that happened. Man, it's tapping, pitch slapping. Hope snapping, life sapping. Thirst trapping my man. Brian Braun doing. Braun doing it on Twitter. Hello? Hey, Hi. Brian. Thanks for skipping F&M to be here with us tonight, man. I know how important that is to you. It's, it's Thursday night. I'm not skipping F&M. Oh, yeah. Shit. I, I am skipping Thursday Night Modern, though, so this better be good. 
Whoa, there's a state place out there that still plays modern. <laughs> Thursday night frontier it gets four players, sometimes three. Yeah, I mean the last time I was at fucking game center on a Thursday night, pretty sure that there was not even eight people to get modern to fire, but there were plenty of people playing commander decks. So that was pretty cool. I've actually never been to Thursday Modern. I, I just lied. I figured that was in line with the whole show. You ain't got a lie to kick it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's called bluffing. And you just bluff there again. Gotcha, bitches. Yep, it was the double bluff. What Ooh. if we really don't have BBD on? It's Mark Rosewater, but he's really he's, he's using one of those like microphones that changes his voice and deepens it. Yeah, I'm actually I'm wearing like one of those Mission Impossible masks too. So it's like you think you think it's me, but then I'm gonna pull the mask off at the end and. Or like Bane from Batman. Welcome to our show, BBD. You have come at the perfect time. Why does Mark Rosewater hate control? Why? Why is Jimmy Stewart hosting the show? <laughs> Zombie Jimmy Stewart, get back in the closet. Brains. So, Brian, we got a couple listener questions. Let's get into it. Taco salad. Is that really a salad or just another name for a naked burrito? Mmm, I think it's really a salad. I'm going to go with a real salad. That was brought to us by Sean Korb. He also asks, what is the worst insult you ever received and the best compliment? <laughs> uh man that's actually a tough one i would say the worst insult it's round five of a gp and i've lost both of my rounds after my buys so i'm three and two and i'm sitting and i'm playing this guy and he looks down the table and there's like brian kibler and sam black or something down the table and he's like wow there's a lot of really good players at the x and two bracket that's crazy and like some guy sitting next to us like yeah and you're even playing bbd and he's like well i mean that makes sense <laughs> that was pretty savage uh, i don't know what the best compliment i've ever gotten is nice haircut <laughs> i've never gotten that before i don't actually know what that means Bruce Lee from Facebook and Twitter acclaim wants to know, do bald people have dandruff? Do bald people have dandruff? No, actually, but my head does get oily. Nice. Good to know. So when people come and rub your head for good luck, you know, buyer beware. Yeah, they might be getting some oil, some snake oil. Where do birds go when it rains? Hmm, the gutter. Aaron Sarley wants to know, is the trash dove ruining Facebook? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> I have no idea what that is or the purpose of it. Every thread is just a million copies of that. Too old to know what's going on anymore. You're in a bunch of trolling groups. That's good. My type of guy. Yeah, that is true. We have an F. Mary kill from Sean Korb. You have okay. to choose. All right, we got Rich Hagon, LSV, or Brian David Marshall. A guy who's got a face for radio and a voice for earmuffs that's a tough one i'm gonna go with i would marry lsv you guys I would just would. sit there and talk about magic cards all night curling up i like that <laughs> i bet he's a good cook just too tell horrible jokes to each other lsv seems like he'd be really consistent you know like you you'd just come home and it'd be like the same dude every night you, you could rely on him I think Rich Hagon would probably be a bit more of, like, the bipolar type. Fun in bed, but, you know, impossible to deal with on a daily basis. I'm going to go with killing Rich Hagon and effing BDM. Wow. Shout out to BDM. Doing something right. <laughs> so LSV, his name's Luis, so I bet he makes, like, good Mexican food, right? It's got to be burritos and shit. That's good to marry him. It's probably right. decent. Probably I thought decent. they were naked. Naked burritos. I thought they were yeah. naked. Yeah. I don't know what the burrito thing is. <laughs> 
I know you, you're in a relationship right now, but if you had a Tinder account, what would your bio say? For example, I tab Gash like I tap lands every chance I get and efficiently. Thanks, Brian Travis. <laughs> Mine would just be like, I am the 2016 Magic the Gathering world champion. I travel the world to slay dragons and wizards. I like people who have, who have a sense of humor and who are really nice. And, uh, yeah, I slay dragons. GP Master. Lord Vader. Yes, Master. Rise. And he has PTSD. Pretty thick, strong dick. Yeah, (laughs) two inches from the ground. Who is it that just by their haircut, you could tell that these motherfuckers mean business? Because you look at Reed's hair and like, he's got a beautiful flowing mullet, but it doesn't necessarily mean business. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm going to go with John Finkel. Johnny Magic. Like myself, he is running a little short on hair, but he's got that vibe that, you know, it's all cool, so. Yeah, he rocks it. He's like the guy who goes gray at like 16, and he's still getting tons of... Yeah. BBD, for all the people out there that believe they have a shot, what can you tell them in just 30 seconds that will totally crush their dreams? <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, okay, one, just one thing. I was the Grand Prix master last year, and I lost money playing Grand Prix over the course of the year. Not worth it, then. That sucks. Is that crushing enough to say? I don't know. Have you at any time been driving or flying to a magic event and looking at the person next to you and dreamed of what it must be like to wear a $300 watch? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I haven't I haven't thought about wearing a watch in like 15 years. Now that they have these things it, called smartphones, I don't see the point. But you haven't just been like sitting there and like seeing somebody wearing like Dockers and a watch and, you know, maybe a polo shirt that they got from J.C. Penny and just been driven to a rage with hatred for playing Magic the Gathering. You know, like so many pros anonymously say on the blogs out there, you know, about how hard it is to be a pro. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've like looked at someone and been like, well, he probably didn't buy his clothes from Walmart, so he... I wish I could live that kind of lavish lifestyle, but I've done that. One year from now, what is Standard going to look like? They're going to extend the rotation even longer, and it's just going to be Gideon and Heart of Kieran still. Oh, Jesus nice. Christ. That's and they're reprinting Snapcaster Mage, I heard, so let's do it. And yeah. maybe a few more cards that have uh, infinite combos with, uh, what's your name? Sahili and Felidar, yeah. Thank you so much for being on the cast. I wish you could stick around longer, but I truly can't. Gentlemen, I will talk to you later. John, where do people throw stones and shoot rockets at you? Oh, where can you find me real quick? Um, well, in case you don't know, there were four tornadoes that hit San Antonio this past weekend, and miraculously nobody was killed because we don't live in trailers down here. We live like normal people. So you can find me out by them trying to hustle bottles of water for $5 a pop for people that have none thank you john holland always a pleasure as always i would consider you successful if you're really doing something that you love to do but what are the shitty jobs that you had before you broke onto the pro scene and are you still working a shitty job today no actually i'm i'm fully supported by magic so you know even though i was talking earlier about not making money in the gp thing which which was actually true i make enough from like tournaments and now i hit platinum and writing and stuff that i i, I support myself fine off 
of that. But I did work some, I worked some heinous jobs in my day. And I think if I'm going to say the worst one, it was I worked at a dairy processing facility. So basically like a milk plant. And it was pretty low pay. 12-hour shifts, and I had to wear uh, these really uncomfortable boots on this, like, hard concrete floor. I got, like, two 10-minute breaks and a 25-minute lunch, and that was it. It was cold in there, so I had to wear heavy clothing. It was loud, so I had to wear earplugs. Um, there was milk, so I had to wear a hairnet. This this was back when I had hair, so uh, back in the old BBD days. And I had to wear a hard hat as well. So it was like decked out in this like super uncomfortable attire. And all I did for 12 hours a day was just stand there and watch the conveyor belt of milk going by. And I could I couldn't sit down and I couldn't really move. And like my feet were just like by like an hour into the day, my feet were just like murdering me. And there was just like 11 more hours to go. And uh, the the only highlight of the day was uh, occasionally like the the conveyor belt would start. Uh, it would kick the milk bottles off the belt if there was, like, a problem with them. And occasionally there'd be, like, uh, a bunch in a row that had a problem with them that would start getting kicked off, like, rapid fire. And usually the problem was that, like, the cap wasn't on right. Like some fucked up version of I Love Lucy or something, you know? <laughs> and so all of a sudden I'm getting, like, hundreds of milk bottles pushed off this conveyor belt down this little tray. And I'm standing there, like, trying to fix it all. And each bottle is rolling down the tray, and it doesn't have a cap on it, and it's just spraying me with milk. I'm just, like, standing there getting sprayed by hundreds of bottles of milk trying to fix this problem. And, like, nobody told me what I was supposed to do, so I had no idea how to fix anything. It was, uh, I worked there for three weeks, and they were like, Hey, you've been a good employee. You want to work here for the rest of the summer? And I was like, see you later. Hell no. He got to know what the McMahon family felt like when Kurt Angle fucking turned the milk truck on him. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned platinum. Uh, what does somebody get when they reach platinum? So it changes like year to year because they've been making a lot of changes. But this year it's you get $3,000 for showing up to a pro tour. They pay for your flights and hotels to pro tours. You get $250 for each GPU play at least three rounds in. It's awesome. So at least gets you there and some money to like Chipotle. Yeah. You got all this platinum now, which is a far cry from the milk factory. But I want to know like more about the in-between because I feel like a lot of people can relate to your story. I read an article you did way back when you were in SCG about kind of like your early days of grinding and it was kind of miserable, right? Basically my story from like magic perspective is kind of every year I've increased a little bit in terms of like how well I did at the game. When I started playing magic competitively, it was like 2012, basically like I was super broke, I had I had no money, I didn't have a job, I was like extremely depressed, didn't really have very many friends, would go to these tournaments, not do very well. There was actually one tournament that I went to, it was an invitational, and it was going to be my last Magic tournament because I just couldn't afford to play anymore. And I ended up making top eight, which I got like $3,000 from that, which was like enough to pay off a bunch of debts that I had like accumulated, and also just like let me keep playing Magic, which otherwise I would have just quit. And then I, like, I started working at Star City games and that kind of helped me dig out of the financial hole and I started going to more tournaments. I ended up winning like a PTQ in 2013. Started playing Pro Tours and doing a little bit better and then like 2014 I hit Silver. 
and 2015 I also hit silver, and in 2016 my goal was to hit gold, and I did. That year I had like a lot of really good success, was doing really well at GPs, ended up making it to worlds and then winning worlds, so I kind of like been getting better and doing better at Magic every single year. I'm not like some people who are just insanely gifted at the game and just all of a sudden are just crushing it after their first year playing or whatever. It took me a lot of time of failure and grinding and working mediocre jobs to like finally get there. Did you win Rookie of the Year? No, I did not, actually. So it's like a real rags-to-riches story. And it was like almost a physical transformation, too, because I remember seeing you early on in your career, and you look a lot different than you do today. You've lost some weight. You're looking like a trimmer version of yourself. Your eyes are brighter. You know, you don't have like that glossed (laughs) over look and shit. Um, Has healthy living, you know, attributed to your success, you feel? Oh, definitely, yeah. Unfortunately, I've been like gaining a lot of that weight back. I had lost over 100 pounds at one point, but I've, I've gained a lot of that back, unfortunately. It has been a big deal. I feel like I play better in tournaments when I'm eating healthier. I just have better mental capacity and more stamina to play throughout the entirety of the tournament. And a lot of times when I'm eating badly, I kind of get foggy brain or whatever it's called. Kind of affects my decision making. So yeah, I feel like it's helped me a lot. It's also just given me a lot of confidence in and out of magic, which is important too. Eating healthy, you know who else is another proponent of eating healthy is Travis Wu. And he shouted mm-hmm. you out. He said he was coming for you, Grand Prix Master. What do you got to say to Travis Wu? Uh, bring it. Bring it on. You heard it here first. That sounded like a challenge to me. Travis also mentioned that the world champion should get a championship belt. If you were to get, as the current reigning champion, if you were to get a belt, tell us about the belt. What would you want it to look like? What color would it be? Okay, I know exactly what I want it to look like. It's like a giant green belt with kind of hair hanging off it. And then the front of the belt, like where like the whole championship thing would be, is just like the Thrag Tusk head. Now, that's that's what I'm thinking. My that best. is the most savage belt I've ever heard of. You need to have like a little scrub marker on the side where it has like a person with acne and glasses. And then you just have a tally mark for every scrub you defeat. So your belt is just laced with lines on the back of it. What about every time I lose though? I, I, do, I do lose a lot. I don't know. Just Come ignore on. those. Oh, I got to edit that out now, man. Come on. You're badass. Don't ruin the illusion. <laughs> well, so tell us the real truth though about a platinum pro like what is your overall win percentage because i know like as a career man you got to keep track of stuff like that so i don't know like the exact amounts i can tell you that last year my win percentage at grand prix was like 70 73 point some percent that excludes buys so that's just only the rounds that i actually played and i think my win percentage at pro tours is like 50 percent, so that's pretty bad it's like a little bit better than 50 percent. i've not done well at pro tours but you've been to 16 pro tours how many Pro Tours did you go to so far? Um, all right, I can I can do some quick math here. I played in 15. And no top eights. Do you attribute that to, you know, partying after day one? You're like, yeah, fucking day two, bitches. <laughs> I mean, what do you consider partying? Going back to the hotel room and going to bed, is that is that a party? No, or? but I mean, nope. yeah, you have money draft until two in the morning, slamming brews. Or do you even go to the bar with your boys for like a drink before 10 o'clock bedtime? Probably not. Actually, like, I, I take magic pretty seriously when I'm at tournaments. So, like, as long as I'm still alive in the tournament, I'm pretty serious about getting enough sleep and stuff. That's more of a Sunday night deal, right? Sunday night, everybody goes out and bashes toot and, you know, plays cube and stuff like that. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more of like an after the after the tournament special. I don't know. Like I, I just haven't done very well. My, I think my preparation's been fine. I just there's something that's missing. Yeah, I wish I knew what it was, and I would try to fix it, but I don't. In poker, a lot of times, once you reach a higher tier, like later on in the tournament, people start bluffing more often. So now the move is to come over the top of their bluff and like go all in and because you know they're trying to steal the money. So maybe in Magic, at a certain point of the tournament, you just start playing direct instead of trying to hide your, your plays, and that'll throw them off. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, some aspect of the game that, that is like that. No, it's untap, upkeep, then draw. BBD, stick with me. I'll teach you a thing or two. I'll make an attack against, like, a top-level pro because I know that they'll think that I have some card, even though I don't have it. I mean, I wouldn't make that same attack against, like, a lower-level player because they're just going to do the straightforward thing and, like, block my creature or whatever. Yeah, they're playing limited. You know, they, they're not... Think, you know, maybe they don't play that. I mean, I'm not like, you know, making fun of them or anything. Like, they just maybe they don't play that much magic or just weren't thinking about it or whatever. I remember one time I attacked with a Stoneforge Mystic into a Primeval Titan. This is like years ago, just bluffing that I had Dismember just to get like a point of damage in because I was pretty far behind and I, I needed to get every point I could. And my opponent just like looked at Primeval Titan. He like picked up both cards and read them. And he was just like, Primeval Titan's a 6-6. Six, six. And I was like, that's correct. He's like, Stoneforge Mystic is a 1-2. I was like, that's correct. He's like, all right, I'll block. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, he, he just, I didn't have the read right on that one. So. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> You're having some trouble really breaking to the top of the pack in the Pro Tour. And all I'm hearing from the Pro Tour this day is teams, teams, teams. How important are these teams? Because obviously you've got access to pretty much whatever team you want as the world champion. How important is the team, man? It's pretty important, I think. Coming in there with a good dex, like I would say like 75% of the battle, really, because everyone's pretty good and they play their decks pretty well. You can just go a long way just by having a good deck. So... I think the team thing is like pretty important, but I don't think it's like the end all be all. There have been a few tournaments where I just like been thinking to myself, I think I would have done better at this tournament if I just tested on Magic Online by myself rather than be like with this team. Like it just didn't work out or whatever. So I mean, I I think it's important, but it's not like I mean, there are people who do well without having a team like Sean McLaren or whatever. So it's not like it's impossible to succeed without it. Have you ever been on any teams that pool prizes at the Pro Tour? It's just like, okay, well, you know, we're a team, so if we all win, we all win. If we all lose, we all lose. So we're going to throw all of our prize in and just split it evenly. I've been on a lot of teams where that idea has been thrown around, but it's never been actually implemented. And I think it's kind of a generally feel-bad situation for a lot of people. Well, especially if you're the guy, you're like, oh, well, I only won 50% of my stuff, but oh, Brad, my teammate, he prized and made top eight and got a couple of thousand, and now he's got to just be a nice guy and hand me over, you know, one-fifth of his prize money, even though I didn't make anything. You know, that's a feel-bad for me, I would think. How many dinners do you have to pick up the tab after you do well? Usually it's just one big dinner. (laughs) <laughs> well, one of the things that I actually love about the team stuff is when people like are credit card gaming for dinner. Like, I think that's just super fun. And I love that aspect of it of just like sometimes you're just you win every game. And you don't pay for dinner for like a week. And sometimes like you're down a ton because you just lose like it balances out. over. The what month. is credit card gaming? Like, tell us about that. OK, so the idea is that you everyone like you go to a restaurant, everyone gets their meal and you eat your meal or whatever. 
and like the bill comes around at the end and instead of like splitting the bill up individually you just leave it as one bill and like everyone puts their card in a hat basically and you you pull cards out one at a time and whoever's the last person has to pay for everything i'm doing that with my parents That actually does sound like pretty cool. I, I feel like that's a gambling thing. I imagine there's a lot of degenerate gamblers in the pro magic scene. You got any degenerate gambling stories for us? By far the most degenerate gambler that I've like personally experienced is actually Shaheen Sarani. He is just, if you get him at the casino, he is a wild man. We'll be like, all right, we're going to go to bed after this, after this like hand that we're playing like blackjack or something. And like he wins his hand and like he's, he's up a good amount of money and we're like walking back to cash out and go to our room. And he's just like, hold on a second, like runs over to like the roulette table and just drops like, half his money on like one spin or whatever. So he's a pretty degenerate as far as that goes. Now I've heard from listening to some podcasts that Alexander Hain is a degenerate gambler. And I'm wondering if there's like a Hain versus Sarani like gambling story that's pretty sorted. Oh, yeah. I've heard that Hayne's pretty degenerate, too, but I've actually never been out gambling with him, so can't verify firsthand. I know that Shaheen and Hayne, we're going to go to a casino at some point, but I think it like ended up falling through or whatever. But, yeah, I'd be interested. I want to just be there and watch and probably lose a bunch of money, but mostly just watch. Whenever you guys are at these big tournaments, do you ever go out and like see the Watsy guys hanging out? And you're just like, sup? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we see them, like, at Pro Tours, there's almost always an after party somewhere. Just, like, some bar or something. And, yeah, I mean, we, we, we usually see, like, a lot of those dudes there. Are you hoping you'll be one of those dudes someday? Now, I know a lot of people that have found success in their pro career, they ended up giving up the tournament scene to become a game developer. Is that something you'd be interested in doing down the line? I think so, yeah. It's not something I want to do right now. But maybe in like a couple years, like after my winning stops, <laughs> that'd be a good way to just kind of cruise off into oblivion. It doesn't always work out, though. I'm sure you know Jerry. You know, we see Jerry around town a lot. And I know we live pretty close together. And Jerry went to Seattle for a little while and he ended up coming back. You know, we've heard all the details about it. But after hearing what he's had to say, do you think that you'd want to work over at Watsy? Do you think you'd fit in better than he did? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly have no idea. Idea how that would work out like i don't know a whole lot about how things work behind the scenes over at watsi so couldn't honestly tell you right now i'm pretty happy with what i'm doing and i don't really want to trade it in for like a nine to five yeah i mean three years from now or whatever maybe that's super appealing to me and and i'll want to do that how much do you make for articles and stuff well i mean i don't want to ask your salary but if like someone was freelancing and they sold an article what what's like an average amount that they could get for that i mean not world champion Brian Brondwin, but mm, some, I think it depends. How much like, can you get for an article if you're the world champion, dog? That's what we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I can really divulge that information, unfortunately. Was it worth the move to TCG player from Fireball? Oh, yeah. Like, when it happened, I was getting, like, a lot of people on Twitter calling me a traitor and that I was abandoning CFB and stuff like that, which I I thought was kind of weird because, to me, it's just kind of a business thing. You know, they're paying me for a service and... We both have the option to like stop doing it if we want to. And when I like stopped writing or when I went moved to TCG over CFB, I basically just got a much better offer. So it just doesn't make sense to turn that down. You know, magic players don't make that much as it is. I'm gonna take the better offer and CFB was totally cool with it. Like they understood completely, like no hard feelings or anything. So I mean it was just 
And, you know, even CFB has kind of done the same thing a couple times, too. Like, they've gotten writers from Star City Games on a couple of different occasions or whatever. And, I mean, I don't know the, the stories behind that, but I assume they gave them better offers than what they were getting back there, you know. You can't really fault a player for just taking what's better for them. But they do, Brian. They do. Twitter is Reddit. All of them. They're overrun with these marks, man. And it's yeah. like... You can't convince these Cheeto-bearded, low-T idiots that, you know, you're trying to make a living and they don't understand. They're like, no, you should be loyal to your team because all they know in life is storylines from animes like Naruto where you can't turn your back on your friends. Well, that's not, that's just not how the world works, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I had a good thought, but I just, I thought I forgot it. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Sid is very descriptive. I start thinking about shit when he talks. He's like, this funny movie quote. And when I edit it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put in that movie quote. When you're talking to him, you're like, oh, now I'm thinking about Back to the Future. God damn it, Sid. Yeah, I was thinking about anime. My bad. My B. Naruto. No, nah, it's all good. We all love anime, but the truth is, is there's just more to life than what you see portrayed in fiction. And there's a big problem with this community being disconnected from reality when it comes to you pro players. You're kind of larger than life figures to them. Which, you know, I'll admit, I was a mark, too. When I first started watching Pro Magic, I was like, oh, man, these guys are so cool. But, you know, I'm starting to realize that, you know, they're just regular dudes, you know? Like, the presentation of the Pro Magic scene from different aspects, like Channel Fireball, Star City Games, and even Wizards coverage, it's all kind of the same. And it does hype you guys up a lot and people get emotionally invested in you because of the way you're presented do you think that basically the kind of prestige you get in the eyes of these internet marks is worth it does it kind of give you a big head or do you wish that they wouldn't do that stuff and just kind of let you chill and play magic and do your thing i think it's both actually i think it's cool that they do that and i think it's like a good idea you want to watch and have something to root for or like some storyline kind of things i like that aspect of it a lot and i think that that that's pretty cool and i i I mean i like having fans and having a fan base and like having people talk to me at tournaments and stuff I, i genuinely enjoy that for the most part the thing that I do miss, sometimes I sit down for a match, I kind of just miss sitting down against a random dude or whoever and like they don't know who I am and I don't know who they are and we're, we just play a match of magic and that's it, you know. I kind of miss that aspect of things where I just get to sit down, play a match of magic and not have who I am in the magic community like looming over the match. Go down to SCG tomorrow, FNM, Star City Game Center, Roanoke, Virginia. And wear, like, one of those Groucho Marx glasses with the nose and the little mustache. Why, you're one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, and that's not saying much for you. Why, I've never been so insulted in my life. Well, it's early yet. A true man among men. <laughs> You'll make some 16-year-olds day. They're going to be like, oh, my God. And be like, yeah, what's up? I ain't even going to lie. As a casual player, if I, like, found myself in the tournament practice room against yourself bbd and i won i would be doing a dance in my underwear in my kitchen but you know that's moto and it's okay have you ever had somebody in paper just like do some crazy celebration because they beat the world champ oh yeah happens all the time actually like I've gotten to like desensitized to it basically at this point there's one point where it kind of was a little bit annoying or whatever just because like i've actually had people beat me 
And then that person and, like, the crowd of people around, like, everyone was just cheering for this person. <laughs> Damn, Tom Ross's friends are loud. Like, it's just round seven of a GP or whatever, and I just get, like, some random guy beats me. Oh, sorry, Tom. Just, like, everyone's just cheering. <laughs> All right. Some hometown hero, dude. There is. There's local heroes in the community. And I remember in San Antonio watching my buddy Peo. From San Antonio. Jonathan Paoletta! Paoletta, motherfucking shredder. Bebop and rock steady, no better. Mo cheddar, jet set it, don't regret her. She gets wetter, lake spreader. If the weather was better, I'd sled forever with Paoletta play uh, Legacy Goblins on SCG coverage and just marking out every time that he beats somebody that's ever like top aided and open you know yeah yeah i actually don't have a problem with that kind of stuff like a lot of people kind of get upset by it but i think it's like i think it's cool when people celebrate when they do something like when they win or like get excited over something like that you know it sucks for me because i just lost a match but i'm like happy that this person gets to have this fun moment yeah you're like laugh it up now i've got to get the cheap brand of dog food you jerks <laughs> this 20 year old just beat A-Rod at a home run competition if you think about it this is his sport and you're BBD 2016 world champion Grand Prix master oh my god it's so big oily yep. head god I love the oily head you know the answer you know the guy Mr. Clean's the man <laughs> yeah, it's actually, when I first started shaving my head, it was just like super, super oily. Now it's like pretty normalized, but it shines. Still sometimes oily. Just go Finkel, man. Rock the horseshoe, man. Who cares? <laughs> you know, like my dad and all of my uncles all had that exact haircut. So I was, I was kind of. What does your hair look like, Tim? I've never seen you without your hat on. Are you rocking an oily head? I wear the BBD. That's why I wear a ball cap. You don't like hats, BBD? Is, is that the deal? No, not really, actually. I don't, yeah. I could see a big cowboy hat. You'd be pimping in that. Yeah! That'd be sweet, yeah. I can get behind that. Or one of those tri-corner, like, colonial hats. Be like, oh, I'm playing BBD. What about a top hat and a powdered wig? Mmm, get some. Oh, what about one of those uh, World War II pilot hats? I think it's called like a bomber, like Uncle Buck, you know? Oh, yeah, I think, I, yeah, yeah, one of those. Like, you're talking about like the kind of, like they're a little bit like flappy a little bit, or? Like, yeah, with the fuck, with the ear flaps, dude, and you could yeah. make giant pancakes out in the yard with a shovel. Yeah. And you wear goggles, like steampunk goggles, that'd be cool. It would be the start of my cosplay career after Magic's, you know. Okay, so did you always know, like, from the time you were a kid that you wanted to be a pro gamer as your career? Or what was, like, your dream career when you were, like, third grade BBD? Yeah, like, I never knew that you could actually have a career playing video games or, like, you know, games of any kind. So that was actually never on my radar. If I knew that was a thing, I would have gone for it earlier. I don't know. I always, I always just assumed I'd be in, like, some sort of science or math field. You didn't want to be in the uh, milk bottle sorting industry for the rest of your life? No, there was a point where I was, like... You know, I think I could make it as like a conveyor belt watcher, and then you didn't that's... want to be a pro bodybuilder. 
I mean, you have a natural source of oil. <laughs> He's got the physique. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I have short arms. I got a lot of oil, natural oil. In fact, I actually I'm surprised that like the U.S. hasn't tried to invade me yet because I got a lot of oil. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Relevant. It comes up very often where something will happen on coverage, whether it looks like somebody's cheating or not. They have an extra card in hand or they have an extra clue and instantly they are roasted on Reddit. These underground keyboard cage fighters roast anybody who has a faux pas on coverage. Some of these cases have merit, some don't. What do you think about that? I kind of have mixed feelings because like like what you said, like some have merit, some don't. And like, you know, the community of Reddit caught Trevor Humphreys and Betcher. That's how those guys got caught and banned. And I think that was really actually awesome that like the Reddit community took the time to kind of go through this stuff and figure this this out. That somebody like sleuthed it all and nailed these guys for like basically stealing money from other Magic players and, you know, being cheaters and so forth. So that was like that was really awesome when it first happened, but I think it's kind of gotten to their head, almost become like an ego thing now, where it's like you know they want to catch people cheating all the time, and so they'll make things into things that they actually aren't. Someone will do something on camera, and like they won't know the full story. Sometimes there is like some talking to the judge that happened in between, or something happened, and like we don't know those details, and they kind of draw a lot of conclusions off of incomplete data and just roast somebody as being a cheater Off with his head. or even if the person did really mess up like maybe they drew an extra card or something sometimes that's a legitimate mistake and not actually cheating and so on and so forth so i think it's good that they call attention to all those situations that happen whenever i, I like look at reddit and i see one of those threads i'm always going to watch the video and see what people say on the other hand, there's too much mob mentality, like grab your pitchforks and like, let's burn this person. They get emotionally invested, man. I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. And a lot of it has to do with the way that these coverage teams are presenting this as like, it's almost like a sporting competition or like a physical competition at some points. I remember when I took a break from Magic for a little while and came back at Kaladesh and I was watching Pro Tour Kaladesh and I was sitting down watching it and I hate to say I was rooting for Shota because I just I have always thought Shota's cool because he's like a robot when he plays he like does everything so fast and I'm like this is the greatest magic player no offense BVD I know you're the champ but Untaken. Shota broke my heart though man because he's in the top eight of the pro tour I mean obviously the guy's exhausted but in my mind I painted this picture of Shota just being like Mega Man you know, he's just a super fighting robot and he's not going to make a mistake and he makes a mistake and it's a huge one, dude. He played a untapped land that should enter the battlefield tapped in a control mirror that allowed him to instep a draw spell that gave him kind of the lead in the card advantage thing. And to me... That was cheating because I'm all like, damn, there's no way that Shota messed up, dude. Shota never messes up. And everybody's all like, calm down, bro. Calm down. But I was marking out. I was freaking out. I wanted to everybody to get the pitchforks for Shota, man, because it <laughs> broke my heart because I was emotionally invested 
in Shota, and that was like a huge letdown. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I mean, I was really surprised that happened, honestly, too. And like recently, there was a similar situation where uh, Shuhei cast an Avison with only four mana. He was on coverage at a GP and just like flashed in Avison end of turn, just only had four mana up or whatever. I understand like that, you know, that frustration because a lot of times it's like, how can you miss something like that? I know how I could miss something like that, but I'm just a casual scrub in a sexy turban. Shoda is, like I said, to me, every time I've seen Shoda, the dude plays so fast, so like intuitively, and he doesn't misplay. And just to see him do that was a total shock to me. I'm not sure about Shuhei. I haven't followed him quite as closely, but I assume maybe he's a super fighting robot too. That's crazy. I understand how a guy like me could make that misplay, but not a guy like you or Shota, you know, somebody playing at the highest level. Do some pros use their advantage or their presence to kind of sneak stuff like that in? Because as a normal player, they're like, well, he wouldn't mess up. He's obviously knows the rules. He's a pro level player. Um, I don't think that very, like, I don't, I think that there's a pretty low number of pros that do any kind of cheating. And, and like most of the cheating that pros do, I don't think is abusing their position to cheat. Cause there are a lot of people who actively want to see professional players get knocked down a peg. And so a lot of times pros get judged way more hardly on stuff like that than like normal players do. So it's, it's really hard to say. It's really hard to like do something illegal and just be like, uh, oh, it was a mistake and just rely on your status to get out of it. Because a lot of times you're going to get jumped down even harder than a normal person would for making a, a play like that. But yeah, I mean, I think there are like some pros out there who are pretty shady. I'm not going to like name any names because i don't like to do that without you know hard evidence or whatever like bbd you gotta help us out we want you to name names yeah everybody that comes on here is like i don't want to name names who is the dude that just doesn't give a crap that (laughs) will name some names here on magic and hash because we want that we're into that yeah, I know. I'm into that, too. I love hearing that kind of gossip, but I just I can't do that. Like, it's just not right to do. So I know you won't do it, but who do you know? Because, you know, a lot of people that's crazy <laughs> enough to do that. Oh, man, I don't I'm not sure. Give me Brad Mills' number. He's, he's not going to name names. Not even that. Give just me Brad Mills' number. He, he'll talk. I've met Brad before. Brad won't say anything. Brad Nelson. Brad Lee, polite as can be. Click the bad knee. What's happening? Is it all a dream? Sign the slip around three. I gotta pee. Don't follow me. Playing against Brad is a pretty intense experience, but when you see him outside of the game, he's like such a cool guy to just talk to. He was out having a smoke, and I was just like, oh man, you know, can't believe you kicked my ass again, Brad. I was talking to him because we wanted to get him on the podcast back in the day, but... Sid is, of course, referencing Cast from Exile. Someday, Ryan Brommel could record again in the future. But it's highly unlikely. Brad is like, he's rated G. Like, he wouldn't do this. BBD is RPG 13 Ninja, but Brad's like, I want my stuff to be clean as a whistle.
because kids just love Brad. He looks like a big teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I enjoy like the PG-13 and up stuff. I think it's super fun and, and funny, but I can't say things that I would say are unprofessional. I'm sure I've already towed the line a bunch. It's just not a good look, I guess. It's no, right. it's cool. We're going to make you sound... Tim is like a super editing genius, so he'll make you sound like very professional. But I feel like you need to cut loose. We'll go back to talking to my man, Travis. The Wizards coverage, the way that stuff is presented is presented in such a way that people are getting emotionally invested, but there's no bad boy. There's no top heel of Wizards. And I feel like somebody needs to be like, you know what, the hell with it. I'm just gonna go ham and be crazy and, you know, not do anything shady like cheat or anything like that, but just be an arrogant, cocky snob or just be inflammatory or something like that and get some heat. And I feel like that would make the overall product like so much better. And we could kind of usher in an attitude era of MTG coverage, man. I think that would be pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, I don't think I'm like cut out for that role exactly, but I could see myself being like the anti-heel, not really the protagonist, but like the anti-heel. You could be like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was a good guy. Unless you lost about 200 pounds, you don't look like Vincent Man. If they want some answers, they should have sent someone with some authority. Don't be snapping no pictures. I'll take your little lens and shove it. You know what I'm talking about? You ain't got no reason to be here, man. You need to back up and head back to Stanford, boy. You ain't got no business being here. I'm willing to wrestle any day of the week. Hell, I'll wrestle your ass right now. All you gotta do is uh, go put on some tights and you know, just stay like that. I'll wrestle you when I get through talking to this guy. And he chugged Budweiser. <laughs> Or you could just be like that baby face dude that every once in a while hits his opponent in the balls, you know, and just is like, look, I can get away with it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the ref's not looking for a second. I get a cheap shot in. They would never believe that I would do that. Or you come and hit him with the chair. There's no way BBD would hit somebody with a chair. He's so nice. Look at his shiny, adorable head. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. You're gonna sound like a really great guy. Really clean. Sparkly. <laughs> Who was the guy from Full Metal Alchemist that was like really buff and he was sparkly all the time? I have no idea, honestly. It was edit name here. His name was Major Louis Armstrong. Duh. My shoulder is back! Yeah, that guy, Sid. See? <laughs> oh, Dude, yeah. Tim, you're so great. You're so great at trivia on this show for some hey. reason. I will never understand that. You're like some kind of wizard. Power Google, dude. Instant Google. I love it. Leading into Pro Tour Aether Revolt, were there any decks that showed up that you, you guys weren't prepared for? That you're like, oh, what's this wacky deck? Uh, actually, no. Like, everything was pretty straightforward. The one thing that surprised me, actually, was just how much Mardu there was. I mean, we tested some with Mardu, and we knew it was going to be a deck, but we didn't think it was going to be, like, the most played deck by a significant amount. So that, that was kind of, that was actually a surprise. So you were on team top level. What decks were you guys on? So half our team played Black Green Energy, and the other half that I was on, we all played, we played Just Guy Control with, like, Dynabolt Towers and stuff. Oh, no nice. combo. Hey, guys, Saffron Olive here with back with another instant deck tech. We're here to talk about... Dynavolt Tower. 
Shout out to Saffron Olive. Thanks for all your support, and thanks for the listen. Yeah. And how did you do? I mean, I did a, a very mediocre eight and eight. I went, I went six and four and constructed, and then uh, sucked it up and limited. So, did you not get enough? Did you? You guys drafted a bunch, but do you think you get you tuned more? Have you drafted the new set yet? Before you went to the pro did store, you did you get a chance to? Did you go to pre-release? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's weird. This happens every pro tour, and I don't know how to explain it. But, like, I usually win a lot in a lot of the house drafts, like, while testing. Like, I'll just have a really good record, and I'll go 3-0 a lot and stuff. And then I get to the Pro Tour, and I just, like, get destroyed. So, I don't know. I don't know what the story is there, but, yeah, I wish I, I wish I understood. Do you think some teams look at the most underdrafted color, and then they go for that? You know, they'll cut green and, say, uh, go through the Gatewatch limited there's like a lot of different ways to do it one one way is to like find an underappreciated strategy and just go with that then another way is to like just find the best strategy and just hope to get it when it comes i mean the best strategy is to be like really good at limited and just take whatever you're given but that's not always easy actually my my most successful format for limited ever was full theros block and my strategy was that i would never draft a green or a black card no matter what how long did it take you to find that out though did you know that by the time you went into the pro tour that you wouldn't take a green or black card no matter what so i did pro tour theros and i went three and three and limited and then i did pro tour born of the gods and i went two and four and then after that pro tour was over I, I started drafting a ton of Magic Online because I was just like frustrated with doing bad limited. And I just started figuring it out from doing like 50 drafts. And I like finally figured it out like, oh man, I'm just never going to touch a black or a green card. It's like, I always do bad when I draft those colors. And every time I draft red, white or red, blue or blue, white, I like go 2-1 or 3-0. And um, I got my limited rating up like obscenely high on Magic Online. And then Journey into Nyx came out, and I actually wasn't qualified for the Pro Tour until the week before. Um, I flew out to a Grand Prix, and like I had to get exactly top eight to qualify for the, the Pro Tour, and I did. And um, and so I came back and I played that Pro Tour, and I'd only drafted three times. And I was just like, I'm just gonna keep using the same strategy that I used with Born of the Gods and hope it works out. And I went like five one. I got like actually got kind of unlucky to lose the round I lost. I could have gone six zero. And then like I played a couple GPs in that format, and I was like going five and one or six and zero in the limited of those GPs too. So certainly worked out. You really heard it well. here first. If you want to be the world champion, just draft three times before you go to the pro tour. Yeah, I mean my strategy in that format was just never touch green or black, which is pretty bad strategy. You don't want to have a strategy where you're like forced into a certain color combination because sometimes it's not open. But it worked out for me because like all the cards I wanted were cards that other people didn't want, even if they were in those colors. So Vegas is this multi-format extravaganza. What what are you planning to play there? So what are the what are the formats? I know it's Legacy and is it Modern and Limited? Is that it? Yeah, I'm in Cat Sealed. Are you gonna play Legacy Miracles? Probably. Like I actually I have a love hate relationship with that deck because I win a lot with it. And There's no forests in it though. I know that is that is a problem. No forests, and I don't actually really enjoy playing it that much but I can't put it down because, like, I'm going to do the best when I play the deck. So Magic and Hash will be there representing, and we're going to have Mansion and Hash, and we will throw parties back there and queue all the time. So, ladies, how many honeys do I need to bring back there for you to get you back there? <laughs> your, your girlfriend doesn't listen to this, right? I mean, she might, so...
I'll go with zero. Unless zero honeys, correct answer. And uh, we're going to be eating <laughs> Fig Newtons and drinking cider, so it's nothing she's going to be interested in. So we'll see you back in the morning. <laughs> I love Fig Newtons. Those are great. A cookie is just a cookie, but Newtons are fruit and cake. What kind of cider? Apple? Orange? A little of both, man. It's Vegas. We do things hard. Yeah, man. We might even get some cranberry up in there. It's a special occasion, you know? Wow, that's, that is that is big. That is living large. So at the Grand Prix, it's basically $100 to enter each of the main events. You can do the, the Grand Prix Master Package for $350, and you basically, they give you a girl, and you get to do what you want to her, and then you get to enter whatever you want. They give you a bracelet that says... What? For the entry. <laughs> Jeez. So uh, they're not going to do a Modern Masters event at GP Vegas this time? I thought that was the deal with Vegas, was it was Modern Masters. Get hype. Yeah, I don't think they're doing any Modern Master GP this year. It's kind of weird. There's been speculation that when this new Modern Masters set comes out, it's going to be a lot of cards that are overpriced on MTGO. So the set is basically coming out and will be drafted on Magic Online, and it'll be there to kind of help regulate the market on MTGO. Interesting. I thought that Watsi didn't care about the secondary market. Certain cards like Gristlebrand, which was a GP promo in paper, you can get for 10 bucks, but online... It's much more expensive. It was up to about 44 bit, and now it's hovering right around 25. There's certain decks that are really hurt by just not being printed enough on MTGO. A lot of cards are pretty overpriced because even though they did, they they went back through modern to try to regulate the price of a lot of these cards, didn't circulate the market enough, but all the uncommons just tanked. So they want to print a set that can target the cards they want to basically save mtgo this is before the release of magic super game 2020 or whatever it's called magic the gathering super card i'll play that people are kind of unstable about mtgo as is and then if it's super expensive to buy into decks i'm sure they're worried about the future of mtgo they should be worried about that that's for sure <laughs> coming out with magic digital next at some point too i don't know how that's gonna what that's gonna do with magic online yeah magic hyper super game that's magic <laughs> next how will that affect mtgo is it gonna be like another game where you have a live collection or are you gonna be able to port your collection over if it's kind of the same thing they need to make a vr magic game where you put on your vr headset and it's like playing paper magic except you ain't got to go to the shop got bbd staring back at you that would be terrible (laughs) you have a mean stare for sure in the top eight you're just like draw land draw land and that shit is fierce dude i would hate to sit (laughs) sit across from that at fnm yeah i've been told i have an intimidating look when i play magic but i wouldn't know personally so cannot Confirm nor deny these accusations. Have you and Brad ever had any epic stare downs? Because I've never played against you, but I've played against Brad. He'll, he'll mug you while you're playing him, dude. Oh yeah, Brad is super intense. Like he's uh he's probably the most intense that I've ever like seen in terms of like how they like he's just like the intimidation level or whatever. Um, but I mean, I, I know Brad personally and I've played him a bunch of times, so I just think it's kind of funny. So his, his, uh, his intimidation tactics just, just don't really fly on me. Who's the worst person that you'd want to roommate with? Do you even roommate with people anymore? I mean, you're fucking 2016, normal January. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I go to tournaments, I usually stay with people and I don't, I don't have like a worst person to roommate with, but I heard Brad things- Nelson snores like a mug. 
Yeah, he snores super bad, so... I mean, I room with him all the time, and he is he is a horrific snorer, so... If I can if I can sleep through that, then you know, I guess I guess I'm pretty good. Just put on those headphones that they make you wear at the World Championship there. Just listen to the white noise or whatever. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. You could always put on an episode of Magic and Hash when you drift off to Slumberland. Drowned out everything. Have you have you ever had like a physical contest against one of your teammates? Like you ever play basketball or wrestle? Or football or something like that with some pro players. I played basketball once with like Todd Anderson and some other dudes, but that was a long time ago. I don't even remember. We were all really bad. That's all I remember. You never wrestled with Brad Nelson? He's like Zergo, not the bell striker, the good one. <laughs> the helm smasher? Yeah. Yeah, I think Brad would murder me if we wrestled. Yeah, I would not want to wrestle with Brad. That's like a big dude, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a pretty reasonably sized dude, but he is way bigger than I am. So last week it was SCG Baltimore, which it was team constructed, but it was three different formats. You had one player, which was standard, Brad Nelson. He's playing green, black, constrictor. You had Jeff Hoogland playing modern with Kiki Cord, and you were playing legacy with miracles. So you would play another team, and you had to win two out of three of the formats to win your match. During your legacy match, you got paired up against Tom Ross playing legacy in fact. Was it bittersweet to lose to him since you're a friend with him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, uh, well, it felt bad because Infect's one of those matches that's considered bad for Miracles, but I had had this, like, super insane win record against Infect with Miracles, and uh, Tom obviously broke it, so that did feel kind of bad, but, yeah, we did win the match, so that was, that was decent, but our, our, actually, our first game was just insane. We both were just savagely top-decking on each other. Got the last one now. Word is at the uh, Burlington Coat Factory. Burlington Coat Factory, they're great coats. That leather coat sales went up 42% after after that match. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty nice. I heard that uh, Bic razors went down, actually, in price. Start reaching for a new Bic metal shaver. It scratches your skin for a better shave, and that's no stretch. Sell Bic. Buy anything leather. Buy cow stuff. Tom Ross is dreamy. How do you not just stare into his eyes and forget what you're doing? <laughs> Years of you practice. You should see if he has a Tinder profile, bro. You know, give me peace, Tom. I don't know. Tom, Tom has a girlfriend. I doubt he's he's trolling the Tinders. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fucking... I'm lone soldier in it. You know, it's fine. It's a tough world out there, but there's plenty of honeys that need a warm blanket at nights. So hit me up at Thrusty Companion on Tinder, ladies. <laughs> Always vigilant. Does not tap to attack. No. Watsy's doing all sorts of shit. They also said that they come in and steal your <laughs> firstborn child. But when you sign up for that DCI number, you don't really know what you're signing. You're just like, all right, I want to draft. <laughs> so, hey, Sid, where can we find you? Send your duggets on over to patreon.com slash magic and hash. We need money for beer and I need gas money so I can drive to Vegas. You got to get Swami to Vegas for magic and hash. So if you guys want to kick it and do a live episode of magic and hash, send them duggets on our way. We'll send you a t-shirt. It'll be dope. Um, you can catch me on the Twitter uh, at the Sid Meister, his divine grace, Swami Sid, uh, Snapchat. Sid Swami. You can catch me outside. How about that? 
<laughs> those Patreon nuggets are important because Sid eats a lot of Slim Jims. Him and his brother might be coming out there. Look for Justin Zane at GP Vegas. Justin Zane. Just, 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 Justin Zane. 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 Just, just Zane. Zane. Justin Zane. Zane. If you give us Patreon nuggets now, we'll go to Sam's Club. It's going to save hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars off the trip. Also, Brian Brondewin, where can we find you? You can find me hiding in my parents' basement. Also on the internet at uh, Twitter, at Brown Doing It, and also on tcgplayer.com, where I write articles, and also on Facebook as well. Facebook at super mad dog facebook at like mad dog 69 love weed or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry I can't that <laughs> and hit us up with all your inquiries at magic and hash at gmail.com magic underscore timmy on twitter tim kempter on facebook hit any of us up uh, excluding Brian Brondowin here. He's not an admin, but we'll add you to our Facebook group. That's where all the fun happens. Thanks for getting blitzed with us. Peace out.